Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to In the Dark. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are in the world. I um I put together a podcast tonight. Um, I took a section out of my last podcast I had done with Robin Haynes McRae. And they, these are her stories that had to do with the paranormal, more than the cryptid and the ETs, you know, UFO type stuff. This was more along the lines of demons, spirits, and um, ghosts, and that type of stuff. And I had been waiting to hear these stories from her for a while. The first one in particular, I really liked a lot. It was, it was, it was kind of funny, not funny, but you know, it, it kind of made you chuckle when, with um, the guy's expression when he realized he had passed. So it was, it was just kind of, it was kind of neat in a way. But um, I hope you guys really enjoy this. I, I do. I, I, I really enjoyed this with her. It was fun talking to her. Robin is actually really sick right now. She thinks she might have COVID. Um, she was around a friend of hers that had it. He tested positive for it and she had hugged him. She didn't realize. And, and she ended up sick the day after we had done the podcast. So everybody, please say a prayer for her. She needs it. Um, this COVID stuff's really hitting a lot of people hard. And, you know, a lot of people get sick and they don't get tested either because they don't get so sick that they feel they need to get tested, which is what I think happened in our family. I'm not sure if we've had it or not, but we've been getting hit left and right with stuff this year. It's been a pretty crazy year for, for being sick. It's it's really weird, you know, especially with all the mask wearing everybody does and that type of stuff, you know, because I always wear masks when I'm out. Sometimes I double mask and I still, you know, I've still been hit with stuff because you've got kids in school and there's always just that one thing that, that causes it. So but say prayers for her and, um, say prayers for Levi. My little grandson Levi is still sick. He's still dealing with something. And, um, I'm hoping that he gets better. He's, it's really hard to watch kids go through illness and pain. It's very hard for me. Also, I want to mention the podcast ends very abruptly. There's no ending to this. That's because I had edited this from my other podcast, the the one I had done before this one. So it just literally, you know, it's her telling stories, us talking a little bit, and then boom, it just ends. So um, just bear with me with that. I, I, I just, like I said, I wanted to kind of separate this out from the other one because it just seemed like they needed to be two different ones. But let's get on with the podcast here. I hope you guys all enjoy this. And here we go. I've talked to ghosts since I was little, not because I sought out to do it. And again, none of the things that I've experienced or anything I ever sought out. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't wake up and say, I want to do research on all these things, or I want contact with all these things. All these things found me. I did right. not find them, you know, so. Yeah, you weren't says, looking well, for Ouija boards and stuff like that. I no, and I've never, yeah, and I've never used one, never will, because I think they're toxic and I think they're extremely dangerous. All of them should be burned. But, right. Um, I agree with that. You know, I've talked to ghosts as long as I can remember, and I've dealt with bad ones. I've dealt with good ones. I've dealt with demonic ones. I had a couple people that had them, you know, attached to them and harassing them. And fortunately, I was mm -hmm. able to get rid of them. I don't do it on a regular basis. I don't advertise to do it because I don't want to deal with that stuff if I don't have to. But yeah. if I can help somebody, I do. Because that's where do you just think they am. come from? Where do you think? Well, the demonic like, stuff comes from hell. I mean, that's that's very apparent. 
Um, what about the ghost? Like, what about like say, okay, say um, you had a recent loved one that passed away and they showed up like on your bed. Do you believe that's really them? Yes. Okay. Um, in fact, it's funny you would say that because I have a very, very dear friend who I adore and her husband, God rest his soul, had a lot of health issues and mm -hmm. I loved him very much. And I was at home watching TV, minding my own business. And it was very late at night and she had called and I missed it when she called. I, I came in right as the tail end as the, it was the last ring. And I thought, well, it's really late. I'll just wait and call her in the morning. And she called again. And I thought for her to call back, mm -hmm. there's got to be something wrong. I went to pick up the phone as I went to turn. Her husband was standing at the end of my bed. And the funny part about it was, and this really, if anybody that knew him would know us him, he was like, what the F? What? He said like, that? He, yeah. He was in shock because he was dead. He wasn't planning on it. It was like, you know, he had a, uh, he sat down in a chair and he had a massive coronary and died. So it was not something that like he had this gradual, he had health issues. Yes. But him dying. Uh that no. night was not something he planned on. He had spaghetti sauce on the stove. It was cooking oh. and he sat down in a chair, heart attack. That was it. She woke up because the sauce was burning. So she called me and she said, you know, he's dead. And I said, I know. And she said, how did you know? And I said, he's standing at the end of my bed. And oh he kept going, I, you know, I don't understand how did this happen? You know, he was just as confused as I was. Yeah, you know, and she said, "Is he okay?" And I'm like, "He's, you know, he says he's okay. He's shocked. He, you know, he, this was not what he was planning on doing tonight." You know, so where was he? Did he say anything about like where he was headed to, or you know, no. where where was the spirit no. going to linger around, or what? I mean, nothing. Um, I think it did for a little bit, and then he, you know, he moved on to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, you know, I hear a lot of people that say once they go to heaven, they can't come back and forth, and then I hear other people that say they can. My own opinion is I believe that they can because yeah. I know for a fact, I know several of them that have crossed and I've helped several cross and then come, they've come back. My, a very dear friend of mine, she's the one that I told you I'd love to get on the show. Um, her husband passed four years ago and I know he's seen heaven. I know he's been in heaven. But yeah. he also sticks very close to her and he's, he has made no bones about making sure everybody knows it. You know, I've talked right. to him for, and things like that. And I've talked to a lot of people who have lost somebody and I've talked to their spirits and I know that they've been in heaven. You know, they're not stuck in earthbound where they can't get out or anything like that. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to know the actual truth until it happens to them. But I personally think that, even after they cross over, they still have somewhat of ability to do that. I think it takes a lot of energy to do it. Like you'll hear yeah. stories about how if they're in a room, the lights flicker, or they drain energy from the light bulb because they pull energy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I don't know. I know. I'll be, not, um, I'll be coming to your house. Be, I'll be like sitting on your bed and I go, Robin, you got to get a hold of my kids. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we all have, your light bulbs. We well, we yeah, exactly. We have an older gentleman that spirit that's here, and then we have a young girl. 
Mm-hmm. And we they've been here since we got in the house. They're not dangerous. They're not aggressive. You know, play with stuff, move stuff, open and close doors, you know, that kind of thing. Turn the lights on and off, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. they, yeah. there's not been one act of aggression or anything. You know, if anybody's been afraid, it's just because it startled them. But, you know, our house is so active like that, too. And it's never aggressive. I don't ever feel no. aggression from any of them. Yeah. I mean, they're just living or not living, but they're doing their thing, you know. And we were here for the holidays a couple years ago. My friend John was here and he got up to do something and he, he saw the little girl going up the steps. He turned around and he said, I swear to you, I just saw a little girl ghost walk up the steps. I said, yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, what do you want me to do? You know, when Janice Carter was here, she was laying in bed one night. She looked across the hallway and she watched the door open and close. Yep. We have it all the time in this house. Yeah. Same here. Yep. Same here. I mean, it's just crazy. But never anything bad. Now, there was an episode that happened. And this would have been in roughly 2004. Five, maybe no 2004 maybe and my the house I was in was a hundred year old farmhouse that had been gutted down to the frame and rebuilt mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful home I absolutely loved it but there was not a lot of bedroom space there was upstairs there at the top of the steps there were two bedrooms and they were good size and one my boys were in, the other one my daughter Caitlin was in. And then downstairs was a very small bedroom. And then where the laundry or the wash and dryer was, they'd actually built on to make it like an office or a bedroom, even though the washer and dryer was in it. And I put my bedroom in there so I would have the extra space. And it was absolutely fantastic because the washer and dryer was right there. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But anyway, um, the kids' rooms were at the top of the stairs. And I was in bed one night. Caitlin was probably four. She could have been five, but I th- I feel like she was four. And she was in preschool at the time. So she was tiny. And she came downstairs and she was at the, I'll never forget it. She was at the doorway of my room. And I heard her call mommy. And I turned around and I looked at her. And it was like I saw my daughter. And then all of a sudden, she morphed into this, what looked like this extremely creepy, skinny, long armed, long fingered old woman. That was just the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And it was like, I looked at Caitlin and instead I saw that I could see Caitlin's body and it was like somebody had superimposed this thing over the top of her. Right. And I looked at her and then she turned around and Caitlin ran up the steps as fast as she could to her bedroom. And this thing as she was running was like part of her now. And she got upstairs and I went up after her and I grabbed her and I ran down and I brought her in my room. And when I left her bedroom, the door slammed really hard. And I looked at Caitlin and she looked like Caitlin again. And then she like passed out like she was asleep. So I put her in in my bed and I I watched her all night long and I kept running upstairs and checking the boys and the boys were okay. Whatever this thing was, it wanted my daughter. It it didn't seem to have any use for the boys, but it was after my daughter. And over the course of a few days, there was constantly something where this thing would show up. She was by my daughter and she would talk to me and she'd tell me she was going to take her. I will possess your daughter. Oh my God. 
And I said, I promise you, I will see you in hell. You will not get my child. And I contacted my mom and my mom has always been able to talk to spirits and ghosts and that kind of thing. Yeah. And she is a Catholic. And I said, I, you know, I really need holy water right now. So she got me some holy water and had the the, um, pastor, the father bless it. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. All I know is this thing is not getting my child. Mm -hmm. This is not going to help. I went out and I bought all these crosses. I put them all over the house. I put Bibles all over the house and I had the holy oil and proceeded to try to get this thing out of my home. Well, in the middle of all this, Caitlin's brother, who was uh, two years older than her, his name is Caleb. I went and I took the holy oil and I did the cross on the forehead of my children. And I put more on Caitlin than I did the boys because they were after her. And I was like putting it, I'm like, it can't hurt to have more. And the boys, I put it on their foreheads and I, I put it in various parts on them. And I did the same with her. And Caleb said, mom, what is this for? And I said, because this way God will protect you. And I didn't go into details about the ghost because he was probably six years old. You know, why would you say something like that to a six-year-old and terrify him? But I did tell him, I said, well, this is on you. This means God will protect you. So he goes to school and I get a phone call from school. Well, I come up, they needed to talk to me about Caleb. And I'm like, he never gets in trouble. What's going on? And she said, no, it's really important. I need you here now. So I go flying up to school thinking something's wrong with them. And I said, what's going on? And she said, we don't know what to do with Caleb. And I said, well, what's he doing? She said, he has gone out on the playground. He's climbing to the top of the monkey bars and just jumping off. He's doing all these daredevil things on the playground. He's going to get himself killed. And every time we say to him, Caleb, what are you doing? You need to stop that. He would say, I'm fine. I'm protected by God. So when I did that, he thought that meant he could do any crazy stunt he wanted. He would never get hurt because he was protected by God. But any So, yeah, so we had to rectify that. So when the kids went to school, I went back home and I took the Bible and I thought, you know, I'm going to go up in this bedroom, which is where this thing had set up camp. And one of us is, is going to be gone. It's going to be me or that thing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I walk and I had the Bible in there and I had the holy water with me. I walked and again, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is that it wasn't going to get my child. Right. So I walked into the bedroom and I'm sure I did everything wrong. You know, it's not like this is something I do for a living. I walked into the bedroom and I sat down on the bed. And as soon as I sat on the bed and I'm holding this cross in the Bible and I've got the holy water next to me, I walked Mm -hmm. in and the door slammed shut and it locked. Oh, Jesus. And I thought this was going to get bad. So I just start reading out of the Bible and I don't even know what scriptures I'm supposed to read. Like, I mean, I'm flying blind, you know. So I start reading out of the Bible and I'm holding the cross and I told it, I said, I will never let you take her. Never. Mm -hmm. And God will stand beside me. You will Mm -hmm. never get my child. And I just kept doing it. And I thought, I really, this sounds like a crazy person because I don't know what in the heck I'm doing. And things are flying out of the closet across the room, literally flying out of the closet. Mm -hmm. The curtains are whipping all around and it felt like an earthquake in there. And the doors rattling. And I just kept on doing it. You know, and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm ticking something off. And I just kept doing it. And I had the holy water there and I threw it around a little bit. 
And this went on for a good 30 minutes and I never felt any pain. I never felt like anything touched me or anything like that. You know, it was just things getting moved around the room and it was loud and it was, it was really crazy. And then dead silence. And I remember saying to myself, is it really gone or is it just faking so that I think it's gone? And I remember Mm -hmm. saying, if you're here, I'll see you in hell. And because I thought there's no way. And I always have had, even though I'm not one that's in church every week, because I I don't go very often. I I don't have a church that I found right now that I really like. I'm in the same Um, boat. Yeah. But that doesn't mean my faith is any less. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I have just always felt that when something gets as bad as that was, that God's going to save me. Yeah. Because I tried it. I'm not a, a perfect person, but we weren't made to be perfect. And I don't do things that put me in harm's way and just think that God's going to come in and save me. Because if you're going to do stupid stuff and have be reckless, then he's not, you know, in my belief, there's a limit to what's going to be done. But in in this case, I knew I felt his presence. I felt him around me and I knew, I knew I was going to be okay. And it just got quiet and I left and I never had another Mm -hmm. issue again. Never. That's amazing. So the only other time, there was one other time I dealt with a demonic entity and I was married to my first husband and we had gotten, his parents had very graciously bought us a house, Mm -hmm. not a house that we picked, but it was a house and the house was cute and adorable, but it was in the city, which I don't do cities. It makes my skin crawl and it was an older home and it was tiny and we were going to put, it had an attic what had stairs that went up to the attic. And we wanted another bedroom because of the amount of children we had. And so they were going to build another bedroom down on the basement. So we had that bedroom mm-hmm. and which, like I said, his, his parents were very generous. It was not a house that I ever would have bought in an area I would never have wanted to live in, but they were being very kind. It was extremely generous of them to do this. And the house was nice. It wasn't like it was a shack or anything. And I had went upstairs the first time. I knew there was something in the house the second I walked in it. You know, and by the time I walked in it, it was already done. Yeah. And we were living there. And the first time I went up in the attic, I found dead bats on the steps. And I thought, okay, here we go. <laughs> so they're working now in the basement. We had workers that would come every day and work on the basement down there. They were going to finish the whole basement and put a bedroom in it. Again, his parents were doing it. Very gracious. We were very blessed that, you know, they cared enough to do all this. And he was in the shower and we had cats. We had four or five cats. And I, every night before bed, I locked the cats in the, the I would close the door to the basement because I was afraid they'd get in the bed with the babies. Right. And you would open the door. There was two steps, a landing, seven steps, a landing. Then you turned and four steps and you were down in the basement. And so I would put them down there every night and feed them, you know, so they were fine. But I just didn't want them to be able to get to the kids because I had an infant at the time. So my husband's in the shower and I went to go open the door to let the cats up through the house during the day. I opened this up. I've never seen in my life have I seen anything like this. And I will put my hand on a Bible. I will swear to it, swear my kids' lives. This is what I saw. I opened the door and we did have a black cat. The black cat, there was no blood anywhere, none. 
Mm. It was literally like a puzzle. The legs had been removed. The tail was removed. The head was removed and the ear was removed from the body. And it looked, was on the landing all laid out and the tail was removed. The body was there and the tail, it would be like an inch space. You could see it wasn't attached anymore and you'd see the tail an inch space and you would see the leg and the head and then the ears so that it wasn't attached to the body, but it was laid out perfectly. Oh my gosh. Hand to God on the landing and not one drop of blood anywhere. And I I still have that image embedded in my brain. I cannot get that image out of my head. I remember I screamed and then I started to black out. And when I screamed, my husband heard me ran out of the shower and caught me before I hit the ground. Yeah. I've to my, to this day, I've never seen anything like that. And I will, I cannot get that image out of my head. God, it almost sounds vampiric, doesn't it? Yeah. So he took care of the body of the cat and the other cats came up and they were okay. And, but weird things would happen. Mm. I would go to bed. We had a very, very tiny kitchen and my grandmother had very kindly bought a supportable dishwasher because when I had the kids, she's like, you don't have time to be doing dishes. You got babies. I'm like, okay. And I would have everything put away, all the dishes done. I would get up in the morning and everything would be out of the cupboards and all over the counters. Mm -hmm. Every plate, every bowl, everything that was in the cupboards was out on the cupboards every morning. I'd put everything away. It'd be fine all day long. Next morning, everything was out again. Wow. And this would go on daily. And I remember getting so mad and yelling, will you just stop it? And we would get what sounded like that acid rock type music out of our basement. And there was nothing down there to play it on. It just came out of the basement. And we had twice the cops came because one of the neighbors complained about the noise. And I'm like, you are welcome to go. And as soon as they got there, it stopped. Of course. And I would be like, you're welcome to go downstairs and check. I don't even have a radio in this house. Like, I don't know why it's doing that. Well, the neighbors are complaining. We don't want to have to write a citation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I can't stop it because I don't have anything to play it on. Wow. So then Halloween came. And my son was probably at that time he was four. And he was dressed up for Halloween and I was getting his little brother ready. And the front porch, the steps to it was off the ground and the steps that would go down went in front of the dining window dining room window so you couldn't get to the front porch without going in front of the dining room windows and then onto the porch and I remember coming out of the kitchen holding his little brother and I was just setting him down and I looked over and Jason was in front of the front door and this apparition was leaning through the door and reaching out towards my son and then the door started to open Oh, and Jason is standing there and this thing's got his hand reaching out to him And I literally ran to the door because the door is now open enough for my son to go out. And he's turning Mm -hmm. around and he's going towards this door. I threw my body on the door and slammed it, flipped the lock. I ran to the dining room window. There was nothing there. Nothing was there. But I saw it lean out, lean through the door towards my son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it was insane. And then the boys started taking all of their things and look. You know, they're, they're four and two. 
And they're throwing all their stuff out the window, just throwing the stuff out the all their blankets, their pillows, their clothing, toys, everything out their window. No matter what we did, they'd get that window open and they toss it out. And I was talking to the neighbor one day and I said, I don't understand this behavior. Like it makes no sense. And she said, well, you know, it's really odd. And I said, what? She said, there was a little, there was kids that lived there. And she said, they got killed. Their dad killed them. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, he used to beat on them all the time. And so the kids would take all their belongings and throw it out the same window your kids throw their stuff out of, trying to get away. And they would try to run away from this dad. And I told my husband, I said, get me the hell out of this house. I'm leaving you. And so then they were working on that basement in that bedroom. And the workers would come in and they had all these tools all the time. And they had asked, could we leave the tools here so we don't have to haul them back and forth every day? Sure, no problem. And they had put a subfloor in where the bedroom was so you would step up to go into the bedroom. And they got done one day and they left and they said, okay, we'll be back tomorrow. And I said, okay, no problem. So the next day they come and they come upstairs and they said, you know, did someone come down and mess with the tools? And I said, absolutely not. Nobody's been down there. It's just my husband and I, he's on the road. He drives truck. He's not even here. I'm the only one home. And they're like, well, the hammer's gone and it's an expensive hammer. We need it to do the work. And I said, I understand that, but I have not even been downstairs. Wow. Like, I don't want to go downstairs. And I thought this bedroom is never going to get used because I'm not sleeping down there. And I'm like, I haven't been down there. And they got really mad that it was gone. And they tore that place apart looking for it. And they got mad and they left. (laughs) And so my father-in-law called and he's like, Robin, did you let the kids down there? I said, I swear to you, the kids haven't been down there. Nobody's been down there. Yeah. Like they had to have taken it with them or something. And I was laying in bed and of course I get premonitions all the time and I had a premonition. It was in the floor. So yeah. they came the next day and they brought another hammer and they're down there working and they're mad now. So they think I took their tools and I said, it's in under the floor. And they said, what do you mean? I said, it's under the subfloor. And they said, well, did you take the subfloor apart? And I'm like, no, but I'm telling you, I think that's where it's at. So my husband had gotten home. He went down and he pulled up a couple of boards from the subfloor and it was in there. Oh my God. That place was a nightmare. I could not get out of there fast enough. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. That pl- I was so afraid it was going to hurt my kids. Yeah. Like, and we had like talked that. about the attic upstairs, putting a dormer on it and making the bedroom up there. But that attic, there was evil up in that attic. I never stored Probably the father, thing. Robin. Yeah. I never stored one thing up there. I went up there. I think the whole time we were there, I walked up there twice. Yeah. And I never walked into the whole attic. It was terrifying. It was just horrid. I couldn't wait. And the people, they sold the house after we moved out. They sold the house. And the couple that were there never had a problem. That's what gets me. We lived in a super haunted place up in Kogan Station area. We left there. We couldn't get out of that place fast enough. And the people that moved in after us and bought the place, they are, they've never had a problem. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't understand, understand that. Me neither. Cause this was real. This was like Amityville horror type stuff. Like it was. Well, yeah, that's crazy. what was going on at ours. Yeah. And I had a very dear friend who I cared very deeply about and he lived in Texas and I had helped him. He had a research area that he was doing with the Bigfoots and it was a mess. I told him he needed to get out of there while he was alive. There's a big whole story with that, but um, he 
wanted to go on this thing through this haunted house. And there was a whole team that was coming out that dealt with ghosts and everything. And, and they had these haunted tours and you paid money and he went in and he wanted to go. And I said, if you go, you will die. Please. Mm-hmm. I am begging you for me. Please don't go. And he said, no, no, no. And he knew told him stuff like that, you know, listen to it because he had gotten in trouble one time um, out on this land that he was doing the research on. It was like a hundred acres that went and backed up to um, some big County thing where it was like a nature preserve. And mm-hmm. he had gotten into trouble there and the things were coming after him. And I, it was really weird. I didn't know I could astral project. And I was so worried about him. And next thing you know, I'm standing in this field and he actually saw me. I would have thought it was in my head until he told me, he said, I saw you there. I knew, and he described what I was wearing. But anyway, um, so when I would tell him stuff, he would listen to me because I'd proven myself to him time and time again. And I'm like, Dio, you can't go. If you go, you will die. Something bad is going to happen. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. But the ghost that's in there is supposed to be really violent. He's ran out all these different people out of this house and people can't live there because of him and blah, blah, blah. And I said, then why in the name of heavens are you doing this? And he said, because I'm interested and I just feel like I need to go. And I said, no, something's trying to get you there. Just please promise me you will not go. He says, all right, I promise you I won't go. So I'm at home and I'm doing a term paper and I kept thinking about him and I just had this feeling. I just had this feeling something bad was happening. And he called me and he says, you won't believe what happened. And I said, you went, didn't you? He said, I'm fine, darling. Don't worry. I, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't want you to worry, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I told you something would happen to you. If Dale, you don't understand this thing is going to try to kill you. And he said, well, it threw him up against the wall when he was in the house and clawed him up. His side was all clawed and cut up. Yeah. And he said, but I'm fine. I'm not there anymore. I said, I'm telling you, it's still with you. It's not that simple. You cannot just walk away. You know, no, no, I'm fine. So he went home and his granddaughter called me the next day and he was dead. What? Yeah. What did he die of? Um, he was a recovered alcoholic and, and he had a drug addiction years prior to that. And he had been clean for a long time. Wow. And he said that um, he had died of a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. But when I talked to him, mm. I actually talked to the ghost. I had talked to him too, but I was talking to the ghost and it had said that it was going to kill him. Make him take these drugs and it was going to kill him. You're kidding me. Probably. That's oh what the ghost God. said. That's what the ghost told me. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. It was, it was horrible. So I, you know, I don't, I talk for go to ghosts for people all the time, Yeah, you know, that are missing a loved one or whatever, or I've had, I had one that was extremely emotional for me, contact me because he had died very, very young. Yeah. I remember he wanted, yeah. And he wanted a message to his dad Yeah, and it took me two years to, get in touch with his dad but I did but you know people don't realize these things they don't play around they don't you know the good no. ones are great but it's like everything else the bad ones are lethal oh yeah and 
my friend John, a, a very dear friend of his, has this house that I, I don't know if it's George Washington or Benjamin Franklin. I think it's George Washington used to frequent and stay at this house and he just sold it in the last chance that anybody has to go into it to see if you can talk me into spirits is the end of the month. And he called me and he's like, isn't this fantastic? And I said, I don't feel like it's fantastic. Like I don't want to go into haunted houses. You know, people don't seem to realize I'm so sensitive to it. That mm-hmm. anything that's ever been there wants to talk to me. And it's like that yeah. everywhere I go, if I go to the grocery store, if I go to someone's home, I get it regardless. Yep. That's so then me. you put yourself in a situation. And so I'm like, he's like, isn't that great? And I'm like, no, you know, I don't really know that I want to go. And he was just dumbfounded. And he said, but it's going to be so much fun. And I said, well, maybe I will. We'll see. Yeah, for you. Like, yeah, fun for I, you, you know, not for me. I said, yeah. you know, let me think about it. You know, I might, because it doesn't sound like it's going to be a, a bad haunted house or anything like that. So that part might be nice just to have a little bit mm-hmm. of the history of it, but I'm very careful with that. I don't do the ghost hunting. I don't do these ghost tours. I think people are insane. I think they're doing yeah, stuff that they shouldn't, you know, um, do I talk to ghosts all the time? Yeah. You know, Pat does too. In fact, he talked to one for somebody tonight that, was very helpful for that person but you know I just you have to be careful because there's certain things the occult you don't want to mess with I know what you and mean Ouija boards I can't imagine a reason on this planet for anybody to pick up one of those suckers I everyone should be kid. burned and dead yeah, my mother did it in my, my basement I tried it I think twice it never worked for me. I just was sitting there by myself. But hell, who knows what what it could have attached to me. He never yeah. know. My mom did it no. with her friends when she was a kid. And they talked to various things. Mm-hmm. She could I make, didn't. you know, she could make the table rise and she could do all kinds of stuff. She doesn't have the abilities that I have and she's not into the, the paranormal stuff. I mean, she talks to spirits, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. but she doesn't actively like she doesn't try to call on one to talk. Um, you know, family members or something like that, you know, maybe, but she, you know, doesn't like go out of her way to try to connect with any of them at all. Well, the Ouija board, when I did it when I was a kid, I didn't really get into it. I just kind of opened it up and sat there with it and like mm-hmm. tried to figure it out. It wasn't like I was sitting there really summoning it. Right. Because I, right. I didn't know how to use it. And I didn't read the instructions, so I just kind of was like looking at it. So I, I guess I never really, I can't say I tried to play with one because I don't think I ever did. I, I don't go that far with it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it didn't, it didn't. But it's really like, do you know, you so, don't need that to connect with something. I know, I know. know. And that's the thing, you know, and it's like when people do meditation. I think meditation can be very helpful for people to center themselves, to calm themselves you know, to just get a little bit of peace, but people take it too far. They start wanting to talk to things in the meditation. Oh, and until I know. You know how to read energy and you know how to differentiate what you're talking to. That is the worst thing on the planet for anybody to do because things come in and say, you know, like, let's say you're trying to talk to Winnie the Pooh. Something comes in and says, Oh, you know, Tracy, I'm Winnie the Pooh. I'm here because you asked me here. And instead it's Satan. You know, I, know. I mean, people no. get deceived and then they get things attached to them. And 
I, you know, I help people that that's happened to, and I always will help people. If I have some way to help somebody, I always will, you know, but it's, it can be very dangerous. You know, meditation itself is beautiful, but don't, you know, don't take it to that level. I know so many people that have done that and had problems after that. It's just, it's terrifying. Yep. I know. I know it is. I know I sir I don't do it. I get enough stuff talking to me. I don't need more. No, I don't either. I I don't even really try cuz I do too. I'm like you we're always trying to block things out kind of like not not yeah. always block them out but I would say buffer things. Like we try to yeah. keep it under control where they're not constantly yeah. like bombarding I us, know. you know. And that's it for the show tonight, guys. I will be on hopefully within the next couple days. I'm going to try to put some more podcasts out here, a little more than I have been doing. I've just been really busy with family and stuff lately, but I'm going to really, really try to get some more podcasts out more regularly. Um, You guys stay safe. God bless you all. Take care of yourself and say your prayers. Stay positive. Take care, everyone.